Hello, hello, and welcome to That's How the Light Gets In. I am your host, Brooke Anderson. Thank you to Wild Choir for the beautiful music that you're hearing, which they recorded specifically for this podcast. Okay, y'all, how are our Bay Area and California listeners doing? Because this back-to-back atmospheric river situation that we're in the midst of as I'm recording is just absolutely wild and not okay. Hurricane warnings along the central coast, a tornado touched down in Petaluma, mudslides in Santa Barbara, massive flooding from LA to San Diego, 100 mile an hour gusts on Mount Tam, millions without power, widespread evacuations throughout the state. It's a lot. Uh, I hope that you and your family are safe, dry and warm. I hope our unhoused residents found shelter from the storm. I hope that your roof is still on, that your trees are standing, and that you have, as our beloved ancestor, disability justice organizer, Stacey Milburn used to say in the midst of the PG&E power shutoffs, I hope that you have the power to live. I hope that you have electricity to power breathing machines, wheelchair chargers, and refrigerators for insulin. It is, you know, it's in the midst of these really epic, record-breaking storms that we're reminded, as my friends at Movement Generation say, that transition is inevitable, but justice is not, right? Extracting from a finite system faster than the capacity of that system to regenerate will inevitably erode the life support systems of the planet, including the hydrologic cycle, the, the water cycle, right, that we saw this week. And because of something called the lag effect, which I don't have time to get into here, but you can look it up, uh, the impacts that we're seeing to the climate now, including this week's storms, are a result only of those greenhouse gas emissions that we dumped into the atmosphere some 40 to 50 years ago. So think about like the mid-70s. In other words, we know that it's going to get worse, much worse. There is no way to stop the changes already set in motion. The storms, droughts, wildfires, they're coming for us, but we can reorganize our economy, right? To halt further ecological erosion, to apply our labor toward ecological restoration, to move land back and reparations at scale, and to put sacredness, mutuality, and interdependence back at the heart of everything. So for more on this idea of just transition, if you haven't heard it already, Definitely go back and check out last week's episode with Movement Generations Angela Aguilar and Quentin Sankofa. You can also follow Movement Generation on Instagram. They're at just they're at Movement Generation. Anyway, all of this is to say I hope you're safe and warm. Check on your people, check on your neighbors, and another thing you can do, follow Love and Justice in the Streets. 
That's love and justice in the streets on Instagram for information on how to support unhoused residents through the storm. They also have a donation site set up. It's bit.ly backslash Oakland Rain Relief. You can donate at bit.ly backslash Oakland Rain Relief. So for this week's episode of the podcast, I spoke to Boomshake Music. Do y'all know Boomshake? If you've ever been to a protest in the Bay Area, I bet you've heard something like this. Take a listen. That's the sound of Boomshake Music. They're a community program run by a collective of women, trans, and gender nonconforming BIPOC artists making music for creative expression, cultural survival, and social change. Boomshake street drummers make music for the movement. And y'all, I have been <laughs> crushing on, and also maybe obsessively documenting, Boomshake since they began in 2014. And so I'm just so excited to share this week's conversation with them. However, before I do, I want to go back even further because I realized that my history with Boomshake in some ways actually predates Boomshake itself. So if you'll give me a moment to, to indulge me in sharing some history. In 2005, I staffed a campaign to pass a living wage and workload ordinance for hotel housekeepers in Emeryville, small city just outside Oakland. And when two hotels refused to comply, we hired this incredible worker organizer named Sarah Knorr to build an underground committee of hotel housekeepers to enforce the ordinance. And when workers eventually went public with their demands, one hotel, the Woodfin Suites, locked workers in the hotel's attic and told them that ICE was outside, which, spoiler alert, they weren't. It was just an intimidation tactic. But when that didn't deter workers, the bosses fired our entire worker organizing committee, several dozen workers, 10 days before Christmas. And then the hotel owner hit up his friend, who was the head of ICE at the time, and got federal immigration agents sent to workers' homes before dawn to try to intimidate that. Workers still didn't back down. It took two years of protests, boycotts, lawsuits, and civil disobedience, but we won. We won back wages and union for the workers. But during that two-year fight, and this is, this is where Boomshake comes in, thanks for hanging in with my storytelling here, we spent probably, I don't know, four to six hours a day, sometimes five to six days a week on the picket line. And it was Sarah Knorr who led those pickets. The city of Emeryville at that time was very beholden to the hotel bosses. They denied us the use of amplified sound during our morning pickets. So it was Sarah who brought out pots, pans, water jugs, really anything you could bang a drumstick against and taught the workers to drum. With six hours a day to perfect their drumming, by the time we won the campaign, these workers had become this exquisite street drumming crew. And then Sarah went on to teach drums to workers in other union organizing campaigns before eventually founding, co-founding Boomshake several years later in 2014 with N.K. Ruche. 
But for me, the start of Boom Shake will always be sitting in a city attorney's office being denied the use of a bullhorn and Sarah Noor being like, F it, right? Like, let's just bring pots and pans and teach the workers to drum. So, yeah, thank you for indulging me in some storytelling about my relationship to one strand of Boom Shake's obviously many, many roots. And of course, so much gratitude to Sarah Noor and to N.K. Aruche for founding Boom Shake. And, you know, since then, Boomshake is, has really become the collective heartbeat of our movements here in the Bay Area, from Black Lives Matter and free Palestine actions to climate justice and immigrant rights marches. So this week, I interviewed Nicole Zapata and Mitali Porcayasta of Boomshake. Nicole Zapata is a Bay Area-born street drummer, community organizer, and DJ based in Oakland. She's been a member of Boomshake since shortly after its founding in 2014, and she currently leads Boomshake's admin and comms and is one of the group's musical leads. And I actually first met Nicole when she was working as a labor organizer, unionizing cafeteria workers in the tech sector in Silicon Valley, so more shout out to our labor history and have also seen her just absolutely crush it as a tenant rights organizer in Contra Costa County. And Mitali Porcayasta has been living in the Bay for 15 years, working as an educator, care worker, cultural worker, and with Bengali and Telugu roots, they were born and raised in central Illinois, actually just like me, uh, shout out to the 217 area code. They met Boomshake in 2017 through a partnership between Boomshake and Abundant Beginnings, which we'll also talk about uh, here on the podcast. Mitali is currently Boomshake's logistical and community engagement coordinator, and when they're not doing that, they're brewing up nourishing events at Understory Oakland. Shout out to our friends at Understory. And Mitali performs Bali Drag in community. So I sat down with Mitali and Nicole last week in Oakland. We talked about the legacy of Boomshake's former musical director, now ancestor, teacher Auntie Monica Hastings-Smith, who I also had the just incredible privilege of knowing and being in community with. And my guests shared how Boomshake publicly and unapologetically grieved such a sudden and enormous loss of their leader and what role art and music can play, right, in helping us make sense of our grief. We also talked about culture as a tool to show up as our most authentic selves in a world that's just hell-bent on compartmentalization. Nicole and Metali shared how Boomshake integrates ancestral rhythms and musical traditions into their music making from New Orleans to Brazil to Palestine and how music can create safety for children in the streets. And of course, I couldn't let them go without asking them to teach us a few chants along the way. Oh, y'all, I need to just stop telling y'all about the interview and just play the interview. I'm sorry. Uh, so let's let's get to it. Here's Natali and Nicole. Welcome, Natali and Nicole, to That's How the Light Gets In podcast. How are y'all doing tonight? I'm good. I'm tired, but great. Yeah. Grateful. Yeah, I feel like that's a theme of the, I was going to say the week, but it feels like it's been months. 
Yeah, it's my minute. The, I mean, we'll get into this, but the, the like pace, scale, and intensity with which we've been going in particular mm-hmm. on the Palestine ceasefire actions has been really intense. And every time I'm out there, I see y'all. And when I'm not out there, I see y'all on the socials that you've been there. So I know that you're tired. So thank you for making time for this. We were, we were commenting before we started recording that our comrades are out in the street right now in the rain without mm-hmm. us while we're doing yeah. this. So lots of love to folks keeping it moving. So mm-hmm. y'all, I just have to say I have fangirled Boomshake <laughs> so hard for so long that when we dreamt up this podcast idea with uh-huh. Movement Generation, I was like from the get-go, like before we had a name, I was like Boomshake has to be on the cover art and Boomshake has to be one of the first guests. So yeah, I'm just, what an honor to have y'all on. Thank you so much for making time. Thank you. Thank you. That's so sweet. Well, we've been starting each episode with a question about who is an ancestor, an elder, or a contemporary movement artist, cultural worker, cultural organizer who's really shaped your understanding of the role of artists and cultural workers in the movement. So I think I know at least one person y'all may bring up, but yeah, I wonder wonder if y'all would share. Well, I think we couldn't be here without teacher auntie Monica, Monica Hastings-Smith, and her legacy, and her music, and just almost everything that she brought to us and brought to so many people. Yeah, she's such a beautiful soul. Yeah, I was also gonna say, of course, Monica Hastings-Smith, or teacher auntie Monica. For folks who may not know, Monica was Boom Shake's former musical director, who passed away in June of 2021. Yeah, since then, we've seen sort of how just that big loss has transformed the space in ways that are still rooted in what Monica taught us and what Monica signifies or stands for. And yet I feel like we're constantly evolving and still in this evolving. And I feel, I'm sure we'll talk more about this, but um, I think seeing how everything is still rooted back to what teacher Auntie Monica taught us and her values has been really beautiful. And so for me, that's my number one cultural worker. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Of course. And just being a part of her legacy. I think like she actually, after their passing, I learned more of what it means to have a like cultural worker legacy mm. that I've known from flesh to ancestor. Mm-hmm. Can you say more about that? Just the the way she, knowing her in her, um, during her life and how she moved, how she entered spaces, how she held herself and her music and her work was so just you knew she was in the room yeah and um that to me is a legacy of cultural work is that you can hold your culture so within you that it like it exudes such a powerful magic to everyone that's around you that legacy is in boom shake you see that even on the streets today yeah. You're talking about her like knowing when she's in the room, and I believe that when we talk about our ancestors and our loved ones, that they're they're in the room with us. She's oh, yeah. here with us now. But I would love to just bring her voice into this room. Her voice feels so synonymous with how I 
experienced her. So I want to just, yeah. I want to play for our, our listeners just a clip of teacher Auntie Monica singing uh, in the park. Let's go. Um, pick some dandelions in the forest with me. graduation or a preschool graduation for Abundant Beginnings. At that point, everyone was very like social distancing at this event. We were actually trying to make it like a car graduation, but then everybody met up in the park and Monica like had her whole setup. She brought it all. She brought the amp, she brought the mic, she brought her guitar and she's like, I'll be there and everybody else like gather around as you can. and. As she like sang the songs that the kids learned throughout the whole year and the families like this was the first time we actually felt unity like since March 2020 and it was because she had been teaching these online music classes during COVID yeah. for the littles right for the littles so these are the songs they learned over zoom and exactly. then to get to be together and do that is just exactly is magic. and to see even some of the like kids who were new that year know that song so well even though we kind of may have missed that because of the social distancing and the online classroom we were building and yeah it was really magical to have her there yeah do you have any stories you want to share nicole of teacher auntie monica more recently i've been doing some sort of sitting and actually talking to monica and it's not something that i grew up doing talking to my my folks who have passed that's just not a practice that I I guess grew up with or was taught boom shake was actually I think the first space that's really been teaching me how to do that and I think something that's been coming up for me was just remembering and I think hearing this clip also just remembering how Monica was always that person that you know in our lives like a lot of our lives feel sort of categorized or boxed up like oh this is how we are in one space that we that we live or work in and then we're a different person over here but I feel like Monica actually was really good at not siloing those different parts of ourselves and making sure that whatever space she was in she was bringing her fullest self and actually encouraging other people to do the same and so 
being really like I think the word authentic Mm -hmm. comes to mind yeah Mm -hmm. and I think that's such that in some ways the role of art and cultural work is to help us bring our whole selves Mm -hmm. to whatever it is that we're doing because it it is it is the pushback against the culture that wants us to compartmentalize our lives and so yeah, just gratitude to her for that. Teacher Auntie Monica Presente, mm-hmm. we love you. We still hear you. We remember you. We celebrate you. Um, and, and especially every time we're in the streets, I feel like mm-hmm. I can I can feel her there with us. And yeah, I'm curious if, you know, Nicole, what you were saying was really resonating with me because I think I have so been appreciating Boom Shake for, you know, since Teacher Auntie Monica's passing, y'all really modeled for us what it looks like to grieve and to grieve in public and to grieve unapologetically Mm -hmm. and bringing in the teachings of our ancestors or our wisdom traditions about how we keep those memories alive. And so, yeah, I'm wondering if you would just one, you know, one of y'all share a little bit more about how Boom Shake has done that and what you see as the role of of culture and cultural workers in shepherding us through that grief, right? Um, Because so many times we we show up in different parts of our lives grieving and Mm -hmm. we think we can't show up grieving. And I think y'all have really showed us what it looks like to do that. And so yeah, tell me more about that process. Yeah, we were saying how grief is this universally known thing and yet we, it doesn't get treated like it's universal because we're like too scared to talk about it in our public life, it feels. And so, Boomshake, I think when Monica passed, I remember we actually took a six-month pause in observance of um, just honoring her and, you know, not doing any public-facing events. And so I feel like even that intentional decision was like, okay, we're not here to perform or do things for others right now. Mm -hmm. We're really, like, looking inward. I think one thing I want to know around the grief process that I was leaning into was Monica's music. Like so many of the songs that Monica wrote and the ones that she taught us in Boom Shake, they all actually connect to grief. Mm. And learning that she was doing this work for us, like learning that she was like, when I was breaking down the songs after she passed, because that's my only connection to her, I was like, wait, we're making medicine, we're making tea in the forest, we're free. All of this, um, even like the new song, Mm -hmm. um, where it talks about, and the spirit hears a song and it rises up and flies along. And then you're here with a new song. Mm -hmm. Like that to me is a whole grief cycle. Mm -hmm. And so taking her music and holding that during that time that we weren't collaborating and making events and like using our boom shake energy to collaborate or to have our like festivals. I needed that time to really break down those songs instead of like perform them. And I think it was because it was so inward too. It was a really special time for people in Boomshake, I think. So it was just this beautiful, like, I mean, hard, but it was super sacred in that way where it, I think earlier I mentioned something about just the transformations around Boomshake, how it's grown and 
yeah we got closer with our vulnerability too and like just when you remove someone so in that leadership position that held every single one of us individually at times and like not always where we had to hold each other and then when you don't have that person anymore and then you start holding each other that i feel like is when all of those cultural connections that we were doing while she was alive like literally that's what we had Mm -hmm. to do with each other yeah I love that in her, both in her songs and in how she related to each of you individually and to the collective, she was in some ways unknowingly teaching you mm-hmm. how to survive her absence. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, think that definitely. is, yeah, what an yeah. incredible legacy and gift that y'all are then also carrying on and sharing mm-hmm. for the next generation. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I want to I want to get into <laughs> what is Boomshake? I want to know that. Who are started. they? Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's get it, let's get into what is Boomshake. So like, like anyways, yes. Like, no. So. <laughs> no, we, we start we start with our ancestors for a reason. So it's the right place to start. I want to get into more about what Boomshake is, but I want to do it by actually sharing some fan mail that we got. So I shared that we we're going to be interviewing Boomshake, and folks had lots of thoughts more than I can drop here. I'm a fan of fan mail, and I think Nicole runs away from it. So that's basically our dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> Folks drop some some comments on the socials. Sonia says, quote, I love how you all bring that energy, dance, and beat to people of all ages at marches and community block parties, seeing faces across ages and races and genders and sizes, creating music and supporting justice together feels liberating and joyful. Thank you, Boom Shake. Jan says, I loved getting to take Boomshake classes and be part of a few protest crews many years ago. It was powerful to be part of a collective heartbeat mm. and to channel that energy toward liberation. So y'all just had such an incredible impact on the community here in Oakland. You're just, you're absolutely beloved. But tell us, give us a little bit more about the behind the scenes of Boomshake. Like, how do you, you know, how... Like, who are y'all? Like, what are you? With what instruments are you doing what you do? How do you practice? What's your structure? Just break down a little bit about, yeah. What do what do the, tell the folks what they need to know about Boomshake? <laughs> Nicole. Okay. So yeah, Boomshake was created in 2014, and it was or it is a space for women, transgender, non-conforming folks of color prioritizing Black, Indigenous, and other people of color to learn and play music in the streets in support of different movements. I think that's where we live in that intersection of movement building and cultural art work. We call ourselves the music for the movement. (laughs) Hashtag music for the movement. And I think the other part of Boomshake is a big part of it is that we connect through music through our ancestral traditions so we try to bring in 
traditions from, from our participants to inform our music making. So that's, how do you, can you say yeah. more about what that process yeah. is like? Like how do you mm-hmm. literally facilitate that process? Yeah. And especially it's when I'm deep. sure there's such it's a push very to deep. just very go deep. out and perform. <laughs> how do you take the time to do that work that actually makes it so meaningful? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I could talk about in our current reality right now and how we're showing up to a lot of Free Palestine protests, um, ceasefire now protests, a lot of um, Arab and Palestinian leaders are leading this and like we're also learning beats from their culture to add to our repertoire and our music that we can play on the streets when we're with them. So as Arab chants are happening or when there is a moment that they're asking that they really want a solidarity sound for their people, they're able to lean on us a bit and ask for that or point to us or wink at us on the streets. And, and we learn that beat from them. Mm-hmm. And we learn how we can use our booms and our chas, just like in their culture, they have their booms and their chas to make that sound happen for those moments. So like that, yeah, I think throughout the years, we pulled from different participants. I remember um, also Monica creating rhythms in collaboration with participants. We had one that was called Nola to the Bay. So like connecting even the intersections of rhythms from like New Orleans beats to Bay Area uh, rhythms. So that was really cool. So bridging that. And that was like reflective of, of ancestral traditions from, again, people participating in our classes. Like, I know when I started Boom Shake, there was someone who was able to lead some Garba beats, which Garba is, as a South Asian, I'm very familiar with Garba beats in my ancestry. and. Having that be able to facilitate, but not only play those beats, how to like add those beats to a clave or add those beats to something else and see that mashup or manifestation of all of these ancestral like beats, just like literally collaborating with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I felt was so beautiful walking into when I started joining Boomshake of seeing like it could actually sound almost concophonous like in the beginning because you're like okay like I'm hearing diaspora here I'm hearing this diaspora here all of it. and then we have like a whole rhythm that we're we're able to play these instruments with and I think um, maybe for background for people, clave is a really essential rhythm that is foundational to a lot. You'll probably hear in honestly in a lot of music that um, is popular now too, but it's a Brazilian rhythm. <laughs> a lot of our music is rooted in Brazilian percussion tradition. And that was also the tradition that um, teacher Auntie Monica was trained in. Mm-hmm. And so I think at the core, that's where we come from. But that doesn't mean that that's the only or just the music we play. Because I do feel like it's more mm-hmm. of this fusion. Mm-hmm. If that's helpful. No, that's <laughs> super helpful. Yeah. Nicole has like, the the roots are strong over there. Because okay? yes. Nicole has the history where 
I just um, need to remember. <laughs> I have the what's been shaken. <laughs> I, I was really, I was struck when you, when you said cacophony and figuring out how to pull beats from different cultures and traditions. What came up for me was the the unity clap that the farm workers mm-hmm. did, as I'm sure y'all mm-hmm. y'all like know the story. But for for folks who may not, in like the 70s as workers were organizing in the fields who may not have spoken the same language or a lot of farm workers from Mexico, some of whom spoke Spanish, some of whom spoke their indigenous languages, and a lot of Filipino workers who spoke Tagalog. And part of the, the unity clap is that you start off mm-hmm. a little bit off off rhythm in the together mm-hmm. you're finding that rhythm and that was part of what it looked like to communicate and build unity across you know various sets of workers and find that shared rhythm as a movement. And I think that of, of so much of how the role that y'all play mm-hmm. and you're talking about both your facilitation and in teaching moments that are probably more private to boom shake and then your more public performances. I'm wondering if you would share a little bit about in those more public moments in the street protests and the community festivals, what's the role? I mean, I, I have in so many moments been in hectic street actions with y'all where maybe <laughs> the police are starting to move in on folks or maybe there's folks who are attacking us from the right and people are getting distracted and y'all just play this role of as soon as there's some chaos, I hear boom shake, start with the chant, don't worry, I've got you. And it just changes the entire tone of mm-hmm. the action and brings people together and I'm, I'm curious if that's how you see it or what role you see for yourselves in these mass mobilizations in the streets mm-hmm. yeah that reminds me of like something that I remember Monica telling us as we were preparing for more street actions and this is when we were practicing heartbeat mm-hmm. and um, she was really encouraging us to use that or like that she would call this in if something escalated Mm. and that would help us find our heartbeat and also it was going to help everyone around us and I think that's part of that moment that you were talking about of when things are escalated and we just go into a rhythm with the heartbeat rhythm it's a literal heartbeat yeah (laughs) you might not even know somatically that it's changing your pace too but it is with everybody around us because those bass drums when they stop and when they go people feel that that's right people feel that that. and then when as like the more like higher notes come in and you're like in that heartbeat and in that breath to be able to give that to people in these high stress situations that we have to be in. Yeah. Music also can be there too, like yeah. something that can hold us. I'm thinking also just the role that y'all have played for the little ones in these protests. I'm both so grateful that they're out there and wondering how they're experiencing and processing these just absolutely huge and incomprehensibly heartbreaking, horrifying Mm-hmm. ways that the world are right now from violence against black bodies to genocide in Gaza to you know there's just so much to see these littles trying to make sense of it and y'all are helping do that through music can mm-hmm. you share a little bit about what that looks like from the classrooms to the streets what is what is boom shake for our our tiny ones you know shout out to abundant beginnings yeah. <laughs> because they definitely hold it down for the young ones and 
the rhetoric, the learning, the unlearning that that space is doing for the young ones and who we partner with a lot. It's it's amazing. I'm a former teacher of a bunch of beginnings and that's actually how I met Boom Shake more officially was I was helping Monica with the kids classes and then different Boom Shakers were like, you should join the adults too. But one thing that actually Shayna, who's one of the founders of Abundant Beginnings named on um, a thread we were on for this last MLK in 2024. And Shana was like, when our kids see Boom Shake, they feel safe. And that really touched me to be in these like scary times and these really traumatic times that kids are witnessing to know that we are the safety people for them just because we're holding our drums yeah. and that we're like making making an environment that they can exist in yeah means a lot and we do you know we have our classes and we have our programming for kids as well which is amazing and i think all of our kids they don't even realize what they absorb until it's done. They're like, whoa, I just learned so much about myself, about my culture, about my the rhythms that I can actually like pay attention to and just being able to have that, which I think really goes with the legacy of what, what Monica left us of like being able to really find yourself in the rhythm and movement. I love seeing all the leadership of these young ones in the streets, and I can't wait for them to, some reporter someday is going to say to one of them, how did you first end up in the movement? And they're going to be telling stories about the two of y'all and about Boom Shake, and you are their auntie teacher, Monica, but, um, but Nicole and Nathalie, so. I'm wondering, would it be weird, could we try to, is there a chant that we could teach the listeners? I'm thinking in particular, is there a chant for the kids, if we've got parents that are listening, that's just a fun chant we could teach folks? that they could help teach their young ones? Is there anything that would be easy to teach now? We had a few that we were thinking about yeah. <laughs> that I would teach my kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, pick a favorite. I think one of the ones we were thinking about was the one that you brought up, the don't worry, I got you. Yeah. And the other one was the Black Lives Matter, Water is Life mm. one. Let's mm-hmm. teach both. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with Black Lives Matter. Okay. So this chant, we had a class dedicated to water, the theme of water, and how that shows up in our ancestral practices. And also it happened to be around the time of the fight, fights around water. And so I believe Monica helped put this together. I feel like also she was, she would put chants that she heard into our rhythms Mm -hmm. and made them like a whole new chant. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, So, okay. So the first part is Black Lives Matter. Black Black Lives Lives Matter. Matter. Water is life. Water is life. Together we stand. Together we stand. United we fight. United we fight. So we usually repeat that four times I feel and then we go back into the rhythm mm-hmm. so every, usually in fours 
So All right, so give it to us one okay. more time. Right? If the folks practi- are practicing at home, let's go. What do we got for yeah. now? So, boom, 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 protectors mm-hmm. like standing rock from you know yeah. from standing rock to, to jackson mississippi to everywhere in mm-hmm. between who are holding it down and so yeah lots of love to the the roots of that that chant mm-hmm. yeah it sounds like you had one more this might be my favorite one more, one more. <laughs> yeah i think this was every i think this is everyone's favorite this actually. is everyone's favorite and i think it's it's so interesting because Right now, it's such an important chant to hold people together. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially when you, like, feel like so many things are against us. Yeah. And sometimes even then we feel like we're against each other. I think this is a beautiful reminder. And I remember Monica, like always suggesting this chant when she could feel there's like tension (laughs) around so this one gets yeah you can call and then you respond but basically what happens is this one gets louder louder louder. as it goes but we don't need to yell on thank you i said don't worry i got you don't worry i got you i feel that way too I feel that way too. We'll get there together. We'll get there together. We'll make our way through. We'll make our way through. Yes. (laughs) No, you are absolutely right that it's in those moments that we need to feel. I heard folks on the bridge. Mm -hmm. So today, our our friends that got arrested on the Bay Bridge shutting it down for a ceasefire in Palestine when Biden was here in. November went back to court and I remember this moment when the the police I'm sorry it was the California Highway Patrol CHP started to move forward and with batons and there was definitely like that you know you have this moment where you're like okay what's the plan were we wrong to get ourselves into this Mm -hmm. you folks have my back Mm -hmm. am I going to be okay what's about to happen Um, y'all just jumped in Mm -hmm. (laughs) right Mm -hmm. and so it's been such an important grounding for so many of us over so many years so Mm -hmm. I hear myself chanting it to myself sometimes like don't worry Brooke you got yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you. Um, I think one story I want to share, which is another story about the children and Monica, is that every music class, Monica would come in with her guitar and with her instruments that she would share with the kids and settle down. And it was an outdoor school, so we were outside somewhere. And... As Monica was settling down, before the kids circled around her, they would find some nature that they felt very precious about and walk up and put it on Monica's feet. And this was very, it wasn't asked or facilitated. This was the kids' intuition of how they needed to respect Monica. And... That happened every single class for years. 
and just like thinking of that legacy and holding it and how so much of what we do why we're in the streets with our drums is ritual and just knowing that part of our cultural work is our ritual of drumming and like being there in the streets and she really l led that and like legacy of ritual yeah mm -hmm. yeah thank you for that <laughs> now i'm ready for the lightning round yeah. <laughs> Questions I didn't tell you ahead of time. And don't, don't overthink it. It's just whatever comes to mind. Okay. Uh, and you can pass if you want. Uh, Go-to comfort food. Probably my mom's cooking, mm -hmm. which is Peruvian food. So like anything that she makes. I'm, I'm not biased, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> it's like amazing. I would say go-to comfort food is anything spicy with rice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like curry, but you know, anything actually anything. spicy with rice. Yeah. That's a good one. All right, best advice you've ever gotten. Or just some good advice you've gotten. And basically, don't overthink what you're doing because you're doing something right. It, something like that. It's like keep doing you instead of second guessing yourself. Like, remember that you're meant to be there because you're being like. You're right where you need to be, basically. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what the thing is. You're right where you need to be. <laughs> there you go. Back to our authentic, integrated, yeah. whole Honestly, yeah. yeah right? Exactly. Yeah. Right, Vitaly, what you got? I think the best advice is to tune into myself. And that, I think, also um, correlating with, like, trusting myself. Because trust and tuning in to thyself can also support how you show up to others mm, yeah and how you can also feel seen in what you do and not have to feel that other people have to see you yeah absolutely that almost feels really <laughs> TV show, movie, podcast, book. What what are you binging right now? What culture are you? I don't like the word consuming. It feels very capitalist. What, yeah. <laughs> at first, let the folks know. Let the folks <laughs> in on a show you like. At first, I thought you were gonna ask what do you want to create, and I was gonna we say musical. <laughs> oh yeah, let's just do what. What are you currently producing? A musical. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. What kind of musical are you producing? Uh. <laughs> Right now, I just really want to create a musical that centers QT BIPOC lives and just all of our <laughs> finesse and all the things that happen in our lives and, you know, ask for all the consent needed to, like, replay stories, but really just make some art with, like, who we are, some storytelling, because... I feel like we need to do that. We're our storytellers. But. <laughs> Make that musical come back on the pod and tell us about it. That's great. I know, I was going to say, I feel like we've talked about doing like a shake, shake musical. musical. So I was going to say that would be my answer. Okay. Shake musical. Or even like. 2025. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last lightning round question, but you know, elaborate on this for us. Who's an artist or cultural worker that you think that we should have on this podcast? 
the Palestinian Dabka crew, dance crew that's been showing up to a lot of pretty much, I mean, I've just seen them everywhere. Um, really appreciate them. And I feel like I would love to learn more about, mm -hmm. I don't, yeah, who, who they are. Sort of what you were asking us, like yeah. their process and how they came to be and stuff. So would love mm -hmm. to hear more from them. They've just, the, on the 26th, we were all out in yeah. front of the federal building yeah. in mm -hmm. Oakland. Is this just absolutely historic court case was going forward of mm -hmm. Palestinians v. Biden over genocide mm -hmm. in Gaza. And when the Stepka crew performed, they both performed and then invited the entire crew. Yeah, it was there. It was just hundreds of folks out in front of the mm -hmm. federal building. Just, yeah, stunning. Yeah, I, I it was so... No, I... I was just thinking about that moment and as the plaintiffs were inside and as that dance practice, that ritual was going on outside, I could just feel that footwork connect like so in those roots. And I think it just shows what we in Boomshake really um, thrive and see as our survival is really going into those roots of the culture work and performing it and or being in it, embodying in it. And they did that and they brought in Oakland to do that with them. And that was really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Um, well, how do you tell us how folks get in touch with Boomshake if you want people to be in touch with Boomshake? <laughs> oh my God. Either that's to take a class or that's to invite y'all out into the streets. Yeah, let the folks know. <laughs> like, unfortunately, I'm like, the, the class is the full. The class is full, <laughs> but for, up, for actions or any other inquiries, we prefer our request form via our website boomshakemusic.com there's a engagement form where you can fill out for street actions workshops performances, performances things like that great um, so boomshakemusic.com boomshake music and you look for our booking great area and where y'all at on the socials and boomshake music at Boomshake Music on mm -hmm. Instagram, Boomshake Music on Facebook, but I would say Instagram is usually where mm -hmm. it's at. Yeah, and I would say emailing us questions Email at boomshakemusic at gmail.com is better than DMing us yeah. on Instagram. And <laughs> if you see us on the streets and you have a video oh, that you would those. love to share with us, send them to those. us tag us yeah we love that because we don't have a personal documenter so yeah except you bro because i pretend you're our personal yeah. documenter I, I, until we I, see your whole reel and we're like oh it wasn't just around us <laughs> Them to document y'all so that's totally and so completely fair um, oh yeah but we live for the for the videos because we can't be just we can't yeah ourselves while, while we're trying to play the right beat that takes three <laughs> and you only have two that's fair oh my gosh thank you both so much and this you. thing that you said earlier about how the drums help us find our heartbeats and our hearts and help us 
be whole in times that are really, uh, that push against our wholeness. Thank you for, it's just an incredible gift to us, to the movement, to our littles. It's an incredible way to honor our ancestors. Teacher Auntie Monica, we love you. I'm so glad we got to put your name out so many times today. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, you, Brooke. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that's that's it for today. And before we go, do you have a favorite movement artist, musician, or cultural worker that you would want to nominate to be on the podcast? If so, let us know and we'll follow up with them. And in the meantime, if you like the show, please share it on the socials. You can find us on Instagram at That's How the Light Gets In Podcast. And you can find me, your host, Brooke Anderson, on Instagram at Movement Photographer. Thank you so much for tuning in and see you next week.